Letter six of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two, by Samuel Richardson. Letter six. Miss Clarissa Harlowe to Miss Howe, Wednesday night, March twenty-second. On the report made by my aunt and sister of my obstinacy, my assembled relations have taken an unanimous resolution, as Betty tells me it is, against me. This resolution you will find signified to me in the enclosed letter from my brother, just now brought me. Be pleased to return it when perused. I may have occasion for it in the altercations between my relations and me. Miss Clary I am commanded to let you know that my father and uncles, having heard your aunt Hervey's account of all that has passed between her and you, having heard from your sister what sort of treatment she has had from you, having recollected all that has passed between your mother and you, having weighed all your pleas and proposals, having taken into consideration their engagements with Mr. Solmes, that gentleman's patience and great affection for you, and the little opportunity you have given yourself to be acquainted either with his merit or his proposals, having considered two points more, to wit, the wounded authority of a father, and Mr. Solmes's continued entreaties, little as you have deserved regard from him, that you may be freed from a confinement to which he is desirous to attribute your perverseness to him, averseness, I should have said, but let it go, he being unable to account otherwise for so strong a one, supposing you told truth to your mother, when you asserted that your heart was free, and which Mr. Solmes is willing to believe, though nobody else does. For all these reasons it is resolved that you shall go to your uncle Antony's, and you must accordingly prepare yourself to do so. You will have but short notice of the day, for obvious reasons. I will honestly tell you the motive for your going. It is a double one. First, that they may be sure that you shall not correspond with anybody they do not like. For they find from Mrs. Howe that by some means or other you do correspond with her daughter, and through her, perhaps, with somebody else. And next, that you may receive the visits of Mr. Solmes, which you have thought fit to refuse to do here, by which means you have deprived yourself of the opportunity of knowing whom and what you have hitherto refused. If after one fortnight's conversation with Mr. Solmes, and after you have heard what your friend shall further urge in his behalf, unhardened by clandestine correspondences, you shall convince them that Virgil's Amor Omnibus Idem, for the application of which I refer you to the Georgic, as translated by Dryden, is verified in you, as well as in the rest of the animal creation, and that you cannot or will not forego your prepossession in favour of the moral, the virtuous, the pious, loveless. I would please you if I could. It will then be considered whether to humour you, or to renounce you for ever. It is hoped that as you must go, you will go cheerfully. Your uncle Antony will make everything at his house agreeable to you, but indeed he won't promise that he will not, at proper times, draw up the bridge. Your visitors, besides Mr. Solmes, will be myself, if you permit me that honour, Miss Clary, your sister, and, as you behave to Mr. Solmes, your Aunt Harvey, and your Uncle Harlow. And yet the two latter will hardly come neither, if they think it will be to hear your whining vocatives. Betty Barnes will be your attendant, and I must needs tell you, Miss, that we none of us think the worse of the faithful maid for your dislike of her although Betty, who would be glad to oblige you, laments it as a misfortune. Your answer is required whether you cheerfully consent to go, and your indulgent mother bids me remind you from her that a fortnight's visit from Mr. Solmes, 
are all that is meant at present. I am, as you shall be pleased to deserve, yours, etc., James Harlow, Jr. So here is the master-stroke of my brother's policy, called upon to consent to go to my uncle Antony's avowedly to receive Mr. Soames's visits. A chapel! A moated house! Deprived of the opportunity of corresponding with you, or of any possibility of escape, should violence be used to compel me to that odious man's. Late as it was, when I received this insolent letter, I wrote an answer to it directly, that it might be ready for the writer's time of rising. I enclosed the rough draft of it. You will see by it how much his vile hint from the Georgic, and his rude one of my whining vocatives, have set me up. Besides, as the command to get ready to go to my uncle's is in the name of my father and uncle's, it is but to shew a piece of the art they accuse me of, to resent the vile hint I have so much reason to resent, in order to palliate my refusal of preparing to go to my uncle's which refusal would otherwise be interpreted an act of rebellion by my brother and sister. For it seems plain to me that they will work but half their ends, if they do not deprive me of my father's and uncle's favour, even although it were possible for me to comply with their own terms. You might have told me, brother, in three lines, what the determination of my friends was, only that then you would not have had room to display your pedantry by so detestable an allusion or reference to the Georgic. Give me leave to tell you, sir, that if humanity were a branch of your studies at the university, it has not found a genius in you for mastering it, nor is either my sex or myself, though a sister, I see entitled to the least decency from a brother, who has studied, as it seems, rather to cultivate the malevolence of his natural temper, than any tendency which one might have hoped his parentage, if not his education, might have given him to a tolerable politeness. I doubt not that you will take amiss my freedom, but as you have deserved it from me, I shall be less and less concerned on that score, as I see you are more and more intent to shew your wit at the expense of justice and compassion. The time is indeed come that I can no longer bear those contempts and reflections which your brother, least of all men, is entitled to give. And let me beg of you one favour, sir, it is this, that you will not give yourself any concern about a husband for me, till I shall have the forwardness to propose a wife to you. Pardon me, sir, but I cannot help thinking, that could I have the art to get my father off my side, I should have as much right to prescribe for you, as you have for me. As to the communication you make me, I must take upon me to say, that although I will receive, as becomes me, any of my father's commands, yet as this signification is made by a brother, who has shewn of late so much of an unbrotherly animosity to me, for no reason in the world that I know of, but that he believes he has in me one sister too much for his interest. I think myself entitled to conclude that such a letter as you have sent me is all your own, and of course to declare that, while I so think it, I will not willingly, nor even without violence, go to any place, avowedly to receive Mr. Soames's visits. I think myself so much entitled to resent your infamous hint, and this as well for the sake of my sex as for my own, that I ought to declare, as I do, that I will not receive any more of your letters, unless commanded to do so by an authority I never will dispute, except in a case where I think my future as well as present happiness is concerned, and were such a case to happen, I am sure my father's harshness will be less owing to himself than to you, and to the specious absurdities of your ambitious and selfish schemes. Very true, sir. One word more, provoked as I am, I will add, that had I been thought as really obstinate and perverse as of late I am said to be, I should not have been so disgracefully treated as I have been, 
lay your hand upon your heart brother and say by whose instigations and examine what i have done to deserve to be made thus unhappy and to be obliged to style myself your injured sister clarissa harlowe when my dear you have read my answer to my brother's letter tell me what you think of it it shall go end of letter six